Take your copy of God's Word. Turn to Revelation 10 this morning. Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10. You add a little more water, and a little more water, and a little more water. You ever done that little science experiment with that glass? And a little more, and you get down, and the water level is above the top of the glass. And you wonder why that is. And the cohesion of the molecules there and the surface tension holds that water until finally you put in one drop too many. And it comes spilling over the side. Well, we're at a point in this story of God's at the end where it's all about to break loose. And it's all about to begin to spill over the sides. And all of these events that we've read about and all of the events to come could begin to pour forth any moment now. But we've been building up. We saw what I believe is the church, those who know Christ as their Savior, the church's departure and the rapture. And then, simultaneously, as we read about in the Old Testament, the Antichrist, and we'll get to some more detail on this, but the Antichrist making a seven-year treaty with Israel, and the seven years of tribulation beginning. And at that midway point, the Antichrist will break that treaty, and the last three and a half years of the tribulation will be worse than the first three and a half years. But, but remember what we've, we've read about. We've read about a lot of the wrath of God. We read about the seven seals. And the seventh seal began the seven trumpets. We've had six of those trumpets. We've got still ahead of us seven bowls of wrath. But wrath upon wrath, warning upon warning from the Lord. And if you were with us two weeks ago as we finished chapter 9, even after the seals and six of the seven trumpets, it said that even then, with so much destruction, that those who are still here refuse to repent of their sin. So God has more multiple times over, even to this day, before we begin reading about what we've been reading about in Revelation, has gone way beyond in his patience. But today we read an interesting and significant turning point in the book of Revelation. Read with me in Revelation chapter 10. And John writes, I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book, which was open. And he placed his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he cried out with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. And when he cried out, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. And when the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. And the angel whom I saw standing on the scene on the land lifted up his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things in it and the earth and the things in it and the sea and the things in it, 
that there will be delay no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished. As he preached to his servants, the prophets, and then the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard again speaking with me, saying, Go, take the book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel, telling him to give me the little book. And he said to me, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And in my mouth it was as sweet as honey. When I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And they, the voice, the angel, said to me, You must prophesy again concerning many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Well, you know, in the book of Revelation, you, you, you think you've seen, you know, the most interesting chapter. And then you get to the next chapter and you say, Wow, that's interesting. What do we make of this? Well, what I want to do is work through this short chapter with you and then draw uh, to some uh, conclusions that I think are astounding about our God and his plan. So here's John. And here he, comes another strong angel. Who is this angel? Well, some have suggested that it was Christ himself and, and some of the description of him would make you want to say that and certainly can't prove that's wrong. Uh, but some of the other facets of the chapter later would make us think that it's not Christ, but actually an angel. Some have suggested Gabriel. We, we just don't know. But somebody uh, high up top the chain, if you will, the strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud and the rainbow was upon his head and his face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. Wow. And he had in his hand a little book which was open. What was in that little book? We don't know. Possibly what the seven peals of thunder had in them. Possibly what's coming in chapters 11 and 12, more atrocities. We're, we're just not told. We have to speculate. And he placed his right foot on the sea and his left on the land. How big was this angel? We don't know. How big were his Legs and his feet to stand on the seed and the land. Well, I don't think that's necessarily the point, although it's an interesting thought. But I think one of the points of this picture is another reminder that our God is over everything. He's over everything in the sea. He's over everything in the land. He's over all of creation. And you may be waking up these days and, and wondering what's going on, what's happening. To our nation and, and to our world. And to your life. And God wants in his word over and over and over to remind us that he is very much on his throne. He has not lost control of anything. Although there are reasons in this room for you to think, wonder about his control. But our God who commands and is in charge of the never-ending blue sky of New Mexico and of Albuquerque. Nothing like I've never seen anything like it on a clear day, the, the crystal blue sky that goes on forever. He's in charge of all of that that goes on for, forever out there. 
And then you look at a tree and he's the one in charge of getting molecules of water to every little branch and every little bush and every little tree all throughout our land. That's our God. And so that's, that's what this angel, I believe, is, is representing, that, that once again God is the authority over everything, everywhere. But then this angel cries out with a loud voice as when a lion roars. You can hear the roar of a lion for up to five miles. How many miles do you live from the church? I live four miles from the church. I can't imagine hearing a lion from the church. I'll put the lion over here at the church instead of at my house. Put the, church, the lion from here to my house. Can you imagine that? Uh, this is no little sound coming from this angel's mouth, represented, a representative of God here on the earth, one of his angels. And he cries out with a loud voice. And when he cried out, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. That's all we know about the seven peals of thunder. But what were the seven peals of thunder? Well, we don't know. But I would imagine it was more destruction. If the seven seals were destruction... As God lifted his hand, that's all God has to do is to lift his hand and destruction comes to remove the power of his spirit from a life or from a nation. And, and it comes. So if the seven seals were destruction and the seven trumpets are destruction, the seven bowls will be destruction. I have a feeling the seven peals of thunder spoke of more, even more destruction. And so as usual, John, for the church's sake in the first century and for our sake, he begins to write it down. But he hears the voice from heaven saying, essentially, don't write them. Write them, then seal them up. And don't write them to be distributed. The angel then, whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land, lifted up his right hand to heaven to swear by the only one by whom he could swear. And he lifts up his hand to heaven and he swore to God the Father who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and Jesus the Son who spoke that creation, who created heaven and the things in it and the earth and the things in it and the sea and the things in it. And you remember in Philippians 2, it's all of these things that will give praise and glory and credit to Jesus. Philippians 2 tells us that every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Every knee will bow. Some here on this earth while there's time. And while the offer of the Lord for salvation, for forgiveness of your sin, to know God here and to spend eternity with him in heaven, while that offer is still offered. But unfortunately, we know Philippians 2 tells us that many will do so when it's too late. Oh, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. But for some, it will be too late. If you do not know Christ as your Savior, do not wait. These things will come instantly. He swore by, these, by, by the one who created all these things. And what did he swear? The end of verse 6. That there will be delay no longer. Doesn't mean that time ended it means that there's no more delay regarding that which is coming next. It means that what we've seen in this terrible destruction, I mean, the book of Revelation is a wonderful book to study, a wonderful book to teach, but a horrible book to study and a horrible book to teach because there's so much destruction. 
coming from the rightful wrath of God. God needs to make no apology for it. His wrath is just, but it's still hard for us to 